This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is sponsored by The Forward. Stay up to date with unlimited access to news, culture, and opinion all through a Jewish lens. And for our listeners, for 2NJB listeners, get six months of The Forward for 15 bucks. An exclusive subscription offer for our listeners, forward.com slash 2NJB, and get six months for 15 bucks. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. On the 1st of March, Professor Eitan Friedman, the director and founder of the Oncogenetics Unit at the Sheba Medical Center, will end his tenure there. On several occasions over the, several, the past several months, Professor Eitan Friedman has publicly denounced the government's policy of lockdowns as an ineffective measure in dealing with the pandemic. Some suspect this might be one of the reasons he will no longer serve as a director at Sheba Medical Center. Professor Friedman has been a professor at Tel Aviv University since 1999. That's accurate? That's right. His research is focused on the inherited disposition to cancer and population genetics. He is also the first Israeli to swim solo across the English Channel. I was amazed to find out. <laughs> we are thrilled to have Professor Eitan Friedman with us today to discuss Israel's corona policies, the current situation of the pandemic, and the price he might have paid, he might be paying for speaking his mind. Hi. Hi. But before we start, we have yes. a sponsorship. So one minute of your time. No problem. Tell us about today's yes. sponsor. So if you're listening today, guys, you probably have some level of interest in Israel. Well, Masa Israel Journey is just for you. You have yes. to check them out. MasaIsrael.org slash two nice Jewish boys. MasaIsrael.org slash T-W-O nice Jewish boys. But why? Why? Because I was on Masa. Oh. And it's a big part of the reason I'm here. Seriously, it really was. I was on a couple of Masa programs. They do amazing things. I mentioned it, I think, a few weeks ago, but I, I was actually on Masa programs. Yeah, and that's, that's a amazing. Big, it's a big reason. All you need to do is apply, and you get funded. So check them out, masaisroll.org. Highly recommended. Hello, Ethan. Hi. So wow, did, where do we start? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, first of all, congratulate me. I just turned to be a grandpa. Ah, mazel tov. Two, 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 two months ago, my daughter, Adi, who lives in San Francisco, has given me the pleasure of moving on with my life to the next phase of being a grandfather. Do you feel like That's a amazing. grandfather? I, do, I, You know, I'm 68. I turned 68 last week, and I define myself as an 18-year-old with 50 years of experience. Mm. And I, you know, I, I look at my to-do list, what I want to achieve for the rest of my life. The list is pretty much the same. The size of the list is pretty much the same. The items keeps changing, and I still have a lot of to offer and a lot to give and a lot to think and a lot to do. And um, the, the fact that I'm stepping down as the director of the Oncogenetics Unit really shocked me because I was, you know, I was told a year and a half ago that they like my work, they like my, uh, my commitment, they want to keep me there until I'm 70. So I planned my life around that that sentence or around that promise and uh unlucky for me 
uh, for reasons that are beyond me still. I got a call and they told me, you know, you end your tenure on uh, March 1st. But I have this 72-hour rule. You know, if something bad happens to me, someone kicks me out, uh, you know, some, some definite bad things happen to me. I don't swim very well. I have a window of opportunity of 72 hours to, to feel sorry for myself, to kick myself in the butt. And then after 72 hours, I say, okay, it is what it is. What am I doing now? And I, I have I gotta to say that's inspiring. I mean, just I, that, just that no, simple rule it's, is inspiring. It's, it's, and I, I can't tell you where it originated from, but you know, be that as it may. The fact is that I have so many plans for the rest of my life, my professional life. I, I plan to have um, a private clinic, a large, not, not only private clinic, but clinic that would comprehensively take care of women and men who are at high risk for developing cancer, not only breast and ovarian cancer, colon cancer, gastric cancer, all types of cancer, people who are highly susceptible to that, be it, whether they're genetic mutation carriers or non-carriers, they need a special care. They need a special facility. They need a one-stop shop where they can come and all their special needs are taken care of. And I plan to open that at Asuta, and they really are thrilled about it. I'm, I offered the uh, UAE to open a similar, uh, out, similar oh, wow. thing in Dubai. I'm still waiting for them to decide. I'm still going to be the head of the high-risk clinic that I, I opened at the Shiba Medical Center in 2007, where there were a thousand women that come in every six months, and they all go through the same routine of looking for. So you're staying in Shiba. I'm staying in Shiba, not as a, the director. I'm, I'm. I will be the founder. That they cannot take that away from me. I was the founder, so mm -hmm. that stays. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking, may, maybe I'll go back to the university and get another PhD. I have, I have uh, an MD and a PhD and maybe a third one, you know, what the hell. So uh, I want to ask you about the clinic you, you plan on opening. I mean, how is private medicine, just, this is kind of a side note, uh, uh, a kind of a tangent, a detour, but how is private medicine, how is practicing private medicine in Israel? I mean, is it not more difficult? Is it? It's, it's more difficult because the, the scent, you know, when I was trained as a physician, Money was was a bad word. Money you don't you do not you do not go into medicine to make money. That was not the issue. The issue Which is was like the opposite of the Western world, right? Exactly. In the United States, it money drives for be, for better or for worse drives medicine. In Israel, it's it's the mission. It's to treat patients. It's to make better a better world, so to speak. And that's my mission. I want to make it a better world. And you know, medicine being. It is what it is, and everybody in Israel has, you know, medical insurance of a, of a very basic level. But I want to offer the highest level of medicine to the people that I that need this special care. And you know, if I get to some sort of an arrangement with the insurance companies or the HMOs, that would be perfect. I want to. I don't want the money of the people. I want the service, the people who need the most service yeah. and to, to benefit from that. Yeah. So what happened a year and a half ago, a year ago, that might have to do with what happened to you recently is COVID, right? COVID changed our lives absolutely, completely. Absolutely. And I, I don't know, a group of a dozen people who were not so famous in Israel from the medicine world became stars and you were one of those people <laughs> because what happened is the, the the news started to bring uh, experts yes 
and they looked for people because doctors sometimes can be boring people so they looked for doctors who are interesting who are fun to watch then they found several people and you were one of them and you started to scorch our screens a year ago right you were in channel 12 news which yeah. is like CNN yes um, but at the Were you at the consensus at the beginning or were you? Never. Or no, never. No, no, I was not at the, you know, initially, you know, in, in February and March of 2020, nobody really knew, including yours truly. Nobody knew. So the, the very act of nation, nationwide lockdown seemed justified at the time. But then I began to read. I, I read, you know, outside sources. I read the NIH. I read, I'm sorry, the CDC, the WHO, the, the Europeans. And I saw that there is a mismatch between the recommendations of the CDC and what is going on in Israel. And I started to question that. Explain. What's the mismatch? Uh, for, for example, you know, we, we have been told that lockdowns work. And the fact is that lockdowns don't work. And I'll give you a specific example. The, the, in, North, in North Dakota and South Dakota, these two, these two states are pretty much similar in terms of population, ethnicity, dispersion of population. One had, had a statewide lockdown and the other had, did not have a lockdown. The rate of, of transmission of COVID-19, the number of affected individuals, the number of people who died of COVID-19 in both these states is identical. So there is no sense in, in imposing a nationwide lockdown. Not to mention the amazing price, which is not being taken into consideration in Israel, of you know, un unemployment. Unemployment kills. There is a rule of thumb saying that for t every 10% unemployment, each unemployed individual loses 1.7 year, life years. So 1 million people, 1.7 million years lost in Israel. And if you think, what is the purpose of a lockdown? To flatten the curve, to make sure that the healthcare system is not overwhelmed with a lot of patients in one time. There are other ways of dealing with that. For example, instead of having 23 hospitals with 40,000 beds, have another hospital, have a field hospital, build, improve, invest more resources into the healthcare system. The healthcare system has been dried out for the last 15 years. But let's, let's stick to this point because, you know, I saw graphs of, uh, and you see that during the Netanyahu years, in the past 12 years, actually the budget uh, for medicine uh, grew. The, the budget for medicine grew, but it was not invested in the right, in the right, in the right spots. Things have been have been invested, but there are you know the number of of doctors and power and and healthcare professionals per capita in Israel has been stable for the last forty years. It has not changed. But it's a matter of money. It's a matter of kina. It's a matter of of having enough people to, to and, and enough slots that are paid by the government to fill these slots. So you need more resources. You need and and. Let's say that we have, we have not been able to flatten the curve. We did. Let's say we have not. There are enough soldiers. There are enough physicians in the army. There are enough physicians who are at the verge or post the verge of retirement. You could recruit them for six months and prevent the nationwide lockdown. On top of that, nationwide lockdown, the cost of a single day of a nationwide lockdown is exactly equivalent to the healthcare basket increase a year. So 28 days is 28 years 
of additional healthcare basket uh, budget. I, I, per I, person? No, 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 per day. Ah. Per day. So it's, it's 300, 400 million Israeli shekels every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the size of the addition to the healthcare basket. I know that with a healthcare basket, you save more lives than with a nationwide lockdown. That's, that's a given. It's, it's true. On top of that, the whole issue of education, lock the schools down. Children are not susceptible to COVID-19. This has been known. We have since- children hospitalized right now. You know how many children are hospitalized in Israel right now? Several until, dozens. Until the age of 19? Nine. That's not a reason to close the, the educational system. That's not the reason to close schools. The CDC and WHO say recently, if you go into a lockdown, close the schools last, open them first. But can't the, can't the kids contract COVID at school and bring it home? I mean, is well, that the, the fact is that 85% of children within the educational system in Israel who are infected, you know, PCR proven infected, were contract the disease at home, not in school. But then mm. they bring it to school. No, well, they don't infect other kids. This, you know, the disease in children is very, very mild. Very mild. It's not. It's not. Meaning also the contag- the uh, the level of contagion the, is the lower? level. The level. They they seem the disease manifestations are not as bad as in adults. They rarely go into in, into the into hospital. They rarely require ventilation. You know, in the United States, there are half a million people who died of COVID. Excess mortality is is a little bit lower than that, but half a million. Up to the age of 19, less than 200 kids in the entire United States have died of COVID. This is not a major driver of the pandemic. A huge, huge percentage of the 500,000 are actually, what, 70 plus? 65 plus. Yeah. 65 yeah. plus. Of, of the dead individuals. But yeah. the teachers wouldn't want to take that risk, and rightfully so, before vaccinations, of course. There are other ways of dealing with that. Israel is a, is, a, is a country full, you know, it's not, a, it's not Canada, it's not Alaska, it's not Sweden. It's a country where you can actually have classes outdoors. And they've done it in a lot, by the way, before the second lockdown. They've done it. It's possible to have classes in the parks, along the beaches. It's just a matter of putting your mind to it and, and saying education is of prime importance. I'm not, I'm not talking about the very education. Look at the, at the uh, interaction, the, the social interactions of kids. They lose the interaction. They cannot, they will not be, we, this would be something that we would pay the price many, many generations to come. And also look at, at, the, at the number of individuals who gained weight in Israel. A, a, a f- bluntly said, a fat, a fat kid is a fat, would be a fat adult. And fat, you know, obesity is the pandemic of the 21st century. 42% of, of adult uh, uh, Americans are, are overweight, but up to 9% are obese, you know, BMI of about 40. Which might also explain, by the way, no, the high COVID death rate? Since of course, it's a, ob- obesity, hypertension, diabetes, yeah. uh, uh, and older age and male gender are all known risk factor for death. But the, to me, another issue in, in the Israeli government is the lack of, of transparency. You know, the, the whole protocols of the Israeli government are locked down, are concealed for 30 years. Why? I want to understand 
what went on? What were the reasons why you used lockdown? It's for why? the public good. No, it's that's bullshit. <laughs> it's for not for the public good. Trust me, it's not. It's actually yeah, yeah. they they apply to the courts now with that. Well, I don't know if the court would intervene or not. I'll I'll just give give you one example of things that made me question the rationale the rationale of of the the entire behavior of the Ministry of Health. So, you know, some sometime in in May, Israel bought ten tons of hydroxychloroquine from India. At the same week, I thought you were going for the respirators. Uh, no, that no, we that, that, that's that's, that's a, also uh, that's <laughs> we have five thousand respirators. Nobody, know, we don't need them. We yeah. now know that that it kills. It's, you know, it's yeah. Wait, wait, explain this. It ki- the respirators kill. No, yes, the less they, you re- the less. Now we know that unlike in in April or March of last year, that the less you use respirators, the better off the person is. It's wow. better to put them on ECMO yeah. than respirator because respirators. But you know, we got panicked and uh, yeah. Ex- so panic is not is not a, dr- a good driver of decision making. And what happened with the hydroxychloroquine? With ten tons of hydroxychloroquine, I think it's because that then President Trump said. I heard good things about it. I'm taking it. And BB said, okay, I'll buy it. 10 million. Ton, I mean, 10 tons. It's a throwaway money. They bought 900,000 doses of anti-HIV drugs in the same week that a New England Journal of Medicine paper sh- said, this is worthless. I want to understand why. I need transparency. You want to build trust by the public. You want the public to obey explain your moves not only that in 2007 the, there there is an outline how to deal with a pandemic and some of the people who now are appearing on tv have written that nobody pulled it out of the drawer there are drills there there are outlines there are guidelines what to do in this case nobody has used it lockdowns uh, is a last resort according lockdown to that. is a last resort and it should only be saved for for when you feel that the you need to flatten the curve we were never ever near that never ever near that but okay let's go back to the experts <laughs> we started on the it's a lot no, 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 it's good yeah. it's good let's go back to the experts mm-hmm. because you know the politicians are responsible but they did uh, they basically said we are going to listen to the experts did they who are the experts let me ask you who are Ministry I, of Health no, no. executives. You need a multidisciplinary team to make decisions. In that team, in the team that they have, the guiding, the, the people who led the way are not physicians. They're not epidemiologists. They're, phys, they're people who are mod, you know, computer scientists. Grotto is an epidemiologist. Grotto was shut down really early on. I mean, I, I know. Vaxman who is the head of the of the advisory committee to the he's not a physician he's a great physicist but he's not a physician i've i have not seen in that group of people any pediatrician few epidemiologists the people who are the leaders of the health of the public healthcare system have been adamant about include us as part of the of the uh, advisory committee they were not i did not see a psychologist i did not see a, a, a psychogeriatric individual i did not see uh, uh, economists economist. although barcimentov was before yeah. he was the ceo of the ministry of health 
He was the CEO of the Ministry of Finance. He wasn't the CEO. I think he was responsible for a, a, a subset Maybe, of the yes. budget. Yeah, yeah. That, But the, he's an the, economist. The, the, the thing about it is that you need a team of experts to look at the entire COVID pandemic crisis, not in a, in a, in a, in a very, very narrow manner. To look at it from different angles and take into consideration the recommendations you know the people the, the head of the uh, public health school in, in Israel Haggai, professor Hagai Levin and Nadav Davidovich are with me and on the same platform we say the same things it's their job they came they they gave their opinion nobody listened to them nobody listened to them wait who are these people and what what forum are you talking about the, there is a forum of the um, public health experts in Israel mm-hmm. and these two guys are the leaders of, 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 of this and they're they're basically saying the same thing they are saying are. the same thing maybe not in a very adamant manner as I am because they're you know they want to, they're go, they want to be in politics they my career is behind me this is the beauty of being 68 67 or 68 I don't care I've achieved what I've achieved I don't care if they fire me I need to be honest with myself to look at myself in the mirror and said I I said the truth this is the science it's not it's not I don't need to say it maybe someone will fire me that's not a consideration the consideration is I want to tell the public the truth and start and as of March 1st 2020 I started having a post which I called my sane corona corner in on Facebook five to seven minutes and every day initially for six months and now three to four times a week I I look at the, at the data I explain you know what cytokine uh, storm is I explained why I don't think lockdowns work there is by the way an article showing comparing nations who have done lockdowns and nations who have not done lockdowns there is no effect on growth rate of the covid-19 so let's talk about because I, I mean the, the the biggest one in the news is always Sweden and it was kind of like a promising uh, example of how the They didn't do a lockdown and they stand it they they capped it at like 5500 5800 but then there was all of a sudden the second wave so you talk to that example a little bit? I can talk about Sweden first of all I lived in Sweden for two years and I can yeah. tell you they're not idiots they're very smart people and there are two things about Sweden first of all the people who led the way who led the path are not the politicians they are the epidemiologist and the politicians told them what do you need for What do you need from us and we will provide you with the means and resources to handle this this is one thing and Swedes are not like Israelis Israelis you tell them don't go out why am I not allowed not to go out and he's allowed to go out it's always you know it's 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 the why me? more homogenic and the and they res- and they and they trust their government when the Swede tells you Maybe you should stay at home and work from home. It's actually, the subtext is stay at home, you know, not maybe stay at home, stay at home. And they ob- obeyed. And, the, you know, if you look at Sweden, the average, the mean age in Sweden is 42, 43. In Israel, it's 29.9. Oh, so lots of singles. No, but no. I'm, small families. Age, 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 <laughs> age is, 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 a, is, a, is a factor in, in determining outcome of COVID-19. In Sweden, every year, 90,000 people die in Israel 44,000 in Israel for 5,400 individuals died directly or indirectly related to COVID in Sweden it's 9,000 it's less relatively in Sweden less people died per capita you mean per, per, per capita yeah compared to to normal years 
And I think if you look at Japan, Japan had no lockdowns. Sweden had no lockdown. And, and in, in the places where there were the highest rates of death, Peru and Belgium, had the worst lockdowns. But wait, Sweden doesn't have uh, Arabs. They have a little oh, bit. Oh, they, they do. They have, but they not... They have a not, lot. But, they have but a huge here, Palestinian yeah, community. Yeah, it, well, lot, there well, are parts of Stockholm where you go, you, they speak they, Arabic or not Turkish. Not as much as here. And they don't have ultra-Orthodox like we do. And, you know, it's 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 hard so, to compare. But, but, but what what I'm not understanding about the Sweden comparison is that Sweden is doing worse off death toll-wise. No, than they're us. not. They're I mean, not. They, the 12,000 or so have died, no? First of all, they they made a, a the, their biggest mistake for which the king apologized is they did not protect their elders they did not care for the people in old folks homes this is the reason why the major burden of death was there but the the death until the age of 60 is low and it was the the education system was kept open they were hit less hard also businesses business they were financially they were less hit hard than any other country in, but in but in the end, more died there. So it, the question is... Not per capita. Not per capita. Not per capita. No. no. Okay. But, okay, so back to my, my point is that they, they don't face the same challenges like us and also Japan. You can't compare Japan because in Japan, they don't want to be next to each other anyway. <laughs> and here we're having weddings and we're having parties and... Still, I, I, when people tell me, but lockdown works... You know, on the American dollar in the back, it says in God we trust. Below it, if you're if you're a scientist, it says all others show data. Show me the data showing that lockdowns work. Well, didn't the first lockdown work here? I, the first lockdown worked. What was the price? What was the price? That's what. If a lockdown, you didn't have to pay a price. It would have been the perfect solution. Lock everybody down for six months. Don't let anybody but out. But people were willing to pay the price. For six months? Stay at home for six months? No, the first lockdown. The Nobody, first lockdown. There is a price that is paid. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about family violence. I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about substance abuse. I'm talking about smoking. I'm talking about lack, lack of education. I'm talking about cognitive decline in older people. I'm talking about the lack of sense of community. These are prices that, are, that we're paying. There, is a, there was a study from the Sheba Medical Center showing that during the first lockdown, people with heart attacks, they needed to get to the hospital, had an hour delay compared to, to the same period last year. That costs life. Okay. So the, the cost of lockdown is, is huge. Not only in, in saving a single individual's life needs to be put, how much are you paying for it? Not money-wise. What is the cost of saving a single individual life if you do this or don't do that? Here in it, okay. I have so many things to say. <laughs> uh, I'm playing the devil's advocate of here. Course. but Let me have but, a drink. Yeah, yeah you, you drink. <laughs> we first, all need a drink. <laughs> we all need a drink. Yeah, it's very depressing. First of all... No, no. I, wait, wait. No, okay, no, yeah, no. okay. For me, it's depressing. <laughs> but for the rest, it's not. Okay. Anyway, the first thing that came to my mind is that in public polls in the news throughout the past year, you saw that people supported the government's moves no. when it came S to lockdown. 67% said, we don't trust the government. But, but, but if, when you asked about lockdowns and versus death, you saw that people... I, I think it's safe we can agree that most of the people in Israel think it's worth saving lives is more important 
than other things. What the the hypothesis, the notion that I'm trying to promote, which stands the 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 test of science, is that it, you don't save lives. Oh, you you may save. Let's say that you, let's let's play a numbers game. Okay. Let's say that you save ten thousand people, ten thousand people, and you and you add twenty years to their lives. Okay. So that's two hundred thousand life years. With a lockdown, a six-month lockdown, the price that you pay would be two million person years because of unemployment. You pay at least seven hundred thousand person years that you would lose because of education. The same amount of Those years. Those are amorphic. It's not amorphic. Know, it's, it, no, it's and, not amorphic. And it's not amorphic. Here people die every day. So for the general, I I I get your it's, point. It's a number you can put a name the, to. But, no. it, yeah, I the get question, your point, the, but, but the, 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 question the people, is, the masses, won't the, get this, Well, this obviously. Is, this is why I'm trying to explain it to, to the masses in, in a way that they can understand. If you save a single child's life who would not commit suicide, who would not be addicted to drugs, who would get vaccinated, you know there were the 30% reduction in getting vaccinations in kids until the age of six. If one child dies of, of measles or mumps, or of tetanus or whatever that that translates one child dead is 80 years instead of 20 years so that's four people you need to do the math and the math says if you, you in order to save one person's life with a nationwide lockdown you spend about five million dollars in Israel five million dollars with that five million dollars you can save a lot of other lives by by not going doing a lockdown you can you can promote healthcare you can you know smoke cessation it's a matter of priorities it's a matter I of think, so i think i mean you're explaining it very scientifically and mathematically but i wonder if it just translates into the fact that it 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 doesn't pay to uh usurp people's individual freedoms meaning maybe it's just not worth maybe maybe is it ever the place of the government to come and say no, nobody can leave their homes. In Sweden, it's illegal. In Sweden, the government cannot enforce lockdown. It's not. It's un unconstitutional in Sweden. And this is what maybe this is why. So in America, it's unconstitutional in theory. No, but but it's not a federal law. Each each state can form. By their the way, own law. it's unconstitutional here as well. If we have no, a we constitution, don't, we don't have a constitution. But we have the basic laws, right? The, there is Chofesh Aisuk. What they're what they're doing now with getting giving away the names of the people who are in vac vaccinated this is atrocious this is this is a, a red line and by the way there was a study as little quoted measuring uh, the rate of democracy you know there there are parameters to test democracy that are validated in 80 countries in the world there was a decrease in democracy uh, measure and one country in, in Africa there was an increase and all the rest of the world. The, what is it? Maybe we'll move there. <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> want to move there. Chad. <laughs> Let's go to Chad. No, I, I, I think this is something that we need to say. You know, now they're offering in Israel to put, um, you know, like bracelets. a Bracelets. Like bracelets, like, like we're cons, you know. This Just is... to explain to our audience, they now want, because they're... Right now, if you land from abroad, you are taking to a hotel, like a lockdown hotel. Right, because they don't want you to go. And only thirty, and only thirty percent go there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, now 100% yeah. went there in the past few weeks. But anyway, it's very... And people don't want to go there. Uh, so they say, okay, you don't want to go there. We'll put a, an electronic bracelet on you so that you won't break lockdowns because people would go home supposedly to be on the locked on um, isolation for two weeks after coming from abroad, but they wouldn't they wouldn't stay at so, home. Okay, that, so that, let's... That, that, that's another point that 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 really amazed me. In June of 2020, the WHO and the CDC said you don't need a lockdown of two weeks. You need you can it's satisfactory to have ten days because right. the virus is very little in, infective after that. It took the the Ministry of Health another six weeks to adopt that. Why the six weeks? Four days per individual for ten thousand people. That's a lot because of days work. Governments and maybe that's the point. We, you know, we always get to that point on on this podcast. You know, you it sounds like you expect a lot from governments. They should work for me. I don't need to no, work for them. But they, but uh. When has that ever been true? Oh, it should be true. <laughs> no, I, you know? I know. Sh- I, I agree. It should be true. But let's let's talk a bit about the blowback, because you uh, you've been uh, stating this for a while. But recently there was a documentary, or not a documentary exactly, but an, uh, a news piece made which you participated in along with other many other doctors, uh, um, uh, by two two television personalities called Orly and Guy, and it came out, and there was this huge blowback. Um, you know, who's to say if this was actually the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but, but, uh, why is it such a controversial issue? Why do you think, because what you're saying right now, if I say to anybody that I know, I'm immediately sent 14 Facebook posts and 2000 articles and said, how can you believe in conspiracy theories? First of all, the movie was great. The name was not was not yeah. great. I what said, if the whole world is wrong? Is wrong. No, you know this is being pontificating. It's TV. It's not. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not the, the title was not was wrong. But the only things we said in the movie is are, are what I just said. You know, there's a price to be paid. You don't need a lockdown. You can keep the the educational system work, working. And at that time that we made the movie. The, the flag of the Ministry of Health, the healthcare system is about to collapse. Watch out. At that time, the number of, the, the, the number of people in, at the Shiba Medical Center in the corona uh, department was nine. There were nine cases. No way in hell that this is collapsing the healthcare system. So b- not being transparent and not being accurate really, really drives me crazy. And, and they use it as a means of keeping us very, very scared and very, you know, you heard about the mutations, you heard about the collapse of the healthcare system and, and not being transparent and not, and not telling the truth as it is and not making the public part of the decision-making but keeping us very, very scared. That's not a way to treat the public. The movie, the movie was sensational. Well, you know, a TV persona, sensational. They've taken a slot from here, a slot from there. But everything that I said in the movie and some of the other people is exactly echoing what, I, what I'm saying now. We need transparency. We need a multidisciplinary team. We need prior, to prioritize. Lockdowns don't work. There is no collapse of the healthcare system. And if there is imminent collapse, we can overcome that, not by a nationwide lockdown. The, the thing about that is that people who want to maintain the current situation at the Ministry of Health use that as as saying oh these guys are 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 corona uh, 
you know, they're anti-vaccines. They don't... Uh, Coro- they, COVID deniers. COVID deniers, okay. Or, what yeah. you were and, anti, and anti-vax people, and, and we're suing them, by the way. We're suing the ministry, the person of, in the Ministry of Health, Sharon Louis-Price, who said that I'm anti-vax. You know, I, w- I have sued her because I'm not. If I were, would I be vaccinated? I don't think so. But, you know, you're being labeled. That's not a great argument. Hmm? Come on. Of course. No, I'm kidding. Of course it's a great, <laughs> of course it's a great argument. What, what I'm saying is that instead of dealing with, with the, the comments and the issues that we raised, we are being branded and, and assigned anti-COVID, yeah. de- COVID deniers, anti-vax. You know, it's easy to brand us. But if you're, but to, to, back to Aitan's question, if your uh, arguments are so comprehensible, then why is it that so many educated, professional, smart uh, people from your profession and the consensus is against you? How could that be? I'm not sure the consensus is against me. They just get more airtime than me. That's all. I'm not sure that the consensus... Put it, put it on a T-shirt and... Uh... <laughs> no. I, you know, what I taught my girls and what I taught myself, because my father taught me, you need to stick with the truth. You know, I, I'll give you an, an example from a different era. For years, the Minister of Health has promoted the issue of cell phones cause cancer. And ever since that time, I think it was in 2003, and ever since that time, I made it an issue, a personal vendetta, if you will, to prove that cell phones do not cause anything. They're not associated with any health hazard. There are people who are idiopathically, for reasons that are unknown, are allergic to some sort of environmental factor. Cell phones have nothing to do with that. And cell phones cannot cause cancer. Even though I, I was... I don't know if I was the only one, but I was a, a, a few of the selected few, and I was scorned for that. Cell phones do not cause cancer, and this is the truth. Okay. And despite the fact that I was one of the few people in Israel who said it out loud, and I was scorned for that, I don't care. Even cell this, phones in an elevator? Even 5G? <laughs> no, no, really. Cell phones in an elevator? Cell phones can cause heat. Heat does not cause cancer. If heat caused cancer, you would expect the rate of cancer in North Africa to be higher than it is in, in, in Switzerland, and it's not, okay? So heat in and by itself cannot cause genetic mutations, cannot induce genetic mutations. And anything that does not induce genetic mutations, it's biologically implausible that it will cause cancer. End of story, okay? okay. I mean, but, yeah. but <laughs> so, No, no, okay. so the fact that I'm an outlier. I'm, 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 I'm not part of the herd. People are afraid. People, especially in the early stages of their career, are afraid to speak their mind off. They, they take into consideration, how would it look? Maybe I'm not part of the consensus. Maybe I'm afraid. I don't give a mm fuck. <laughs> but... <laughs> I love how you bleeped out the wrong word. <laughs> but... Again, to push my point further, you look at all Western democracies, almost all of them, utilized lockdowns in Europe, you, the UK. Not Japan. Yeah, not the Western, point, yeah. Western the point democracies. Is, the point is the fact that many people do something does not make it exactly. logical. Yes, right? but why? Why would they do that if the, it's, it's so even, ir- irrational? Even, it's, 
All of, that's what I told Aitan. Yeah, this Aitan. Wait, wait. I, I was saying to Aitan, everybody's wrong and you're right. No, no. Long, England, the UK is wrong and France is wrong and no, Italy is no, wrong no. and, it's, and there, Belgium yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Everybody's I, wrong. I'm comfortable with that idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that everybody looks around and every government is, excuse my expression, is covering their asses. They are looking at the, at the inquiry that would come following this pandemic, and they don't want to risk it. So if, if someone in Belgium said, we need a lockdown, someone in the Netherlands said, if they're doing lockdown, we should do a, a, even a harsher lockdown. And then someone in Luxembourg says, we need a, a further. Sorry, they're all a bunch, bunch of idiots. They're not a saying. bunch of idiots. They're afraid. They're afraid. And as I said, initially, lockdown was, was, was okay. We didn't know. This is your first reaction. But now we have a year long of, of science, of, of medicine, of research. We have vaccines. Lockdown after lockdown is not policy. It's cowardness. Oh, man. So how do you see Israel's situation right now with the vaccines? I think, not, I think Israel is in, in a, a, an amazing, amazing position. So they were at 50% of the population. Of the entire population yeah. and people above the age of 60, in, in, it's over 80%. It's 85% in, yeah. some, in some cases. It's an amazing, amazing achievement. And despite the fact that I don't like the, the current prime minister, kudos for, for bringing in and being on, on top of it. Kudos for the, for, the, for the HMOs who can distribute it very, very effectively and more so for the Israeli citizens who understand deep in their hearts, in their minds, this is the way out of this pandemic. This is the way out of this, of this misery. Is it though? Because restrictions are still upon us. Well, the restrictions would be lifted when the next available, when the next piece of evidence comes along. We know now that people who are vaccinated are self-protected, so the the chance of you getting bad COVID, requiring hospitalization, intubation, ventilation, or death, is really really low, even if you are old. Transmitting the, the disease. Transmitting the disease. The results are beginning to accumulate, showing that even after the first vaccination it goes down by two thirds. If it is true that it is, it is as effective as the vaccine self-protecting and transmission, we're, we'd be out of it by June, the end of June. But you know, I and doubt if you it. Look, and, and if yeah, you look, I don't, I don't doubt it. I'm, no, I'm know. saying I, I think that, you know, if you, you listen also in the, even in the States where, the, where, where freedom is such a high value. 27% yeah. reduction in the number of newly affected cases. Over the last week. Yeah, but I'm saying that even in, in the United States, you hear people like Dr. Fauci, yeah. who is so, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, respected there, saying things like that we don't even know if this if we're going to get back to normal by the end of the year. He, Israel, says, he, said, he said we'll get to some degree of normalcy by autumn. He said which that. Which is crazy. Well, no? No. I mean, if you vaccinated over 200 million by the summer, I mean, shouldn't the states be back to normal pretty much? It, it should be. Not only that, but you, if you look at the world statistics, not even in, including countries where there's hardly any vaccination, in January 10th, there were 745,000 new cases every day on a, on a weekly basis worldwide. Last week or this week, it's actually 362,000 worldwide. Half. That's half. 
And maybe, maybe, nobody really understands that. Maybe this is the natural history of this virus. If you look at the original SARS, it started in November of 2002 and disappeared from the face of the earth without anybody understanding why July of 2003. You, That's mean, it. you mean that it might not be connected to the vaccines? No. It, it's that, the vaccine certainly expedites this process, no doubt about ah, okay. it. But maybe this is part of the normal process of, of this, this specific virus stopped affecting the entire world population. Maybe. Here's my doomsday no, no scenario. Doomsday. No doomsday. Hear me out. Come on. These are the, this is the best part of the podcast. It's, called, <laughs> it's a corner. It's called the doomsday scenario hosted by Noah. I, I, I say that the clerks in the Ministry of Health, Sharon Elroy, your friend. Good friend. Yes. Who, who are you suing? And the CEO and all the guys there. I say they became like power hun- like the, the power of being able to snap their fingers and, and lock the country down. Lock the country down. It has blinded them. They're power blind. And they will never give up this power. Be- and they will always find a new reason why we should have masks, be unlocked on it. it if even if you have everyone vaccinated now there's the variants we fear the variants so there will always be a reason to continue this state but, of emergency but i i'm i'm i tend to agree with you that there is some degree of of power of a power position you know i say this is a lockdown and everybody obeys it's it's a it's a power trip but i think the public is not dumb you can fool all the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all the time. You can't fool all the people all the time. You heard about the the collapse of the healthcare system. You heard about the variants. You heard about this. You heard about that. We understand now that this is a true pandemic. This is a crisis. It's not only it's not only medical, but it's it's global. It's it's more multidisciplinary uh, crisis. But we understand that it has a shelf life, and the shelf life is about to end. And we look at the data, and we look at how we deal with that. When we look at the vaccinations, and we look at the rate of decline worldwide, we know this will end. This is, this is what all pandemics have done so far and along the history of mankind, even before we had vaccines, even before antibiotics. Look at the, uh, look at the, at the Spanish flu. A year and a half, 50 million dead, it's, it's done. So you're and, we're, and we're not scared of the Spanish flu. So you're optimistic. I always am. So let's talk a little bit about, we, talk, we touched on it, but just to end the pro-vaccination legislation, that's, uh, there was a position paper released by the Hebrew University, uh, and there's a lot of talk around this about government incentivizing people to vaccinate. How do you feel about that? I, I think this is a, a slippery slope. I don't think the, the government should explain the government should never, ever enforce individuals to be vaccinated. I think they should explain. I think, and I, I, there is a mechanism. I think it's a very simple mechanism. And I say it out loud on, on TV whenever they give me a chance. You know, Each one of us who is vaccinated knows one person who is not vaccinated. Spend half an hour every day with a single person who is not vaccinated I can assure you that looking at them in the eye and saying it very calmly without without having laws that would ban you for, for life and, and 
forbid you from doing things that you should be able to do, explain it to them. And I'd say that 97% of the Israeli population who can be vaccinated will be vaccinated. It's very simple. You're talking about less than 300,000 Israelis above the age of 60 are not vaccinated. That's easy peasy as far as I'm concerned. I don't think the government, I don't think there should be laws forcing people to be vaccinated. In any situation? Like what about MMR vaccines, public schools? There should be, if if parents elect not to vaccinate their kid, that kid is, is is can be harming to other kids. In that in that scenario, I th- I say these parents should have their own kindergartens. But, but the government cannot force you, as an adult, to be vaccinated. Can you explain that to me? Because uh, I mean, maybe this is wrong, but just common sense wise, I if. Most of the kids are vaccinated because their parents want mm-hmm. them vaccinated. Aren't they protected? The protection is not 100%. Ah, okay. Okay, so okay. it's enough. I, that, like with COVID. Exactly. 95%, 91%. What's the, with Johnson, what's the uh, level of MMR vaccines? It's probably 97%, but still, it's, it's, I see. it's 1%. You know, it, it, the vaccines throughout the, the, the history of mankind, vaccines have saved close to half a billion people. Just children's vaccines the vaccines in the 20th century have are the the primary reason why the the average lifespan increased from less than 50 years to over 80 years really because childhood mortality has decreased tremendously because of the vaccines and the achievement of the covid vaccine which is just no this is this is phenomenal this is unprecedented and a lot of the concerns of people who do not want to be vaccinated is it's too early to know i will wait those people who say, I will wait, if they're not physicians, if they're not epidemiologists, if they're not molecular biologists, have no tools to assess the efficacy and safety of these vaccines. They should listen to people who do understand that. So I, I will wait. If you're not in the, in the trade, forget it. It's, and, it's, it's a cop-out. And is it okay to have concerns? Do you think it's no. a legitimate thing to say? Absolutely. And, no, but I'm saying, do you think it's a legitimate decision for someone to decide not to vaccinate? I think it's a legitimate decision for him, but he should take into consideration the, not only the effect that it has on him, but on his community, on his country. And that's something that's hard to explain, but I'm responsible for myself. No, you're, you're, you're a menace to your entire community, and that is something that you should be concerned with and you should take into consideration. So I just want to follow up just with that because you said you're a menace. So that's what I'm wondering. Is it a moral is it a moral and civic duty to vaccinate with this specific vaccine? Or is it legitimate for someone to say, I, I don't know. I talked to doctors. Some of them gave me some answers. I don't know. It's legitimate to have concerns, but those concerns can be answered if you know the data, if you understand the reasons why we call for people to vaccinate. And every decision that you make in life, there is a, a, there is a pro and a con, and there is a, a cost and benefit the benefits of being vaccinated at this stage of the game with COVID-19 vaccine far outweigh any potential harm that you can do to yourself. So then let's talk just one minute about that. 10, 20, 30 years. What are the risks that are possible or is there no is there no real possibility of risk down the line? Nobody knows because this is a new, relatively yeah. new vaccine. But if you extrapolate from previous vaccines, even though they were made with a different technology, 
there is no biological plausibility that this specific vaccine can cause DNA mutations. It does not enter the nucleus. It does not cause infertility problems. It does not cause any long-term effects because the messenger RNA molecule is very unstable. Once it enters the cell cytoplasm, it does what it does. It makes the protein, and then it de degrades. It does not go into other places in the body. So biologically, it, the plausibility of this vaccine causing long-term problems is really close to zero, but I don't know. But you need to wait also against COVID, which uh, we do uh, know. Exactly. This is the cost-effectiveness analysis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One last thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated, by the way. I know. Well, <laughs> the second vaccine. No, no, no. This is, this is a conversation, yeah. you know. One last thing. Uh, so what made you come up with the 72-hour rule? <laughs> In, uh, nice one. Yeah, that's good. In 1976, um, I met my girlfriend then, who is now my ex-wife, in, uh, in the Greyhound station in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And she came and hugged me and said, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that I love you very much. The bad news is that I'm getting married and it's not to you, to someone else. 72 hours, I just, I just disintegrated. After 72 hours, I snapped out of it and I said, okay. This is what it is. What do I do now? So that's the reason for the 72-hour rule. <laughs> Damn. That's a good story. <laughs> wow. 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 And now you're uh, happily married. No, no, the... no, no, no. I don't make too many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, she's a wonderful woman. And we have two amazing daughters. But the married life is, doesn't suit everyone. Including okay. yours truly. Okay. But you're a grandfather. You <laughs> have I'm a two grandfather. Daughters. I have two daughters who are amazing, amazing, amazing. They don't look like their dad, so they're they're better off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Thank uh, you very much, guys. Thank you so thank much you. for coming. Before we go, yes. uh, can people do you tweet in English or I can, I have Facebook I, and I read English, you know. No, but if people want to follow you, uh, I, you I will tweet. start doing I don't I don't use Twitter, but I do have uh, a brand new Instagram that I plan oh. to, to use. and yeah. So how can people find you on Instagram? Eitan Friedman, one word. How do you spell Friedman? F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And e Eitan is e with an I. E-I-T-A-N. Yeah. E -I -T -A -N. E -I -T -A -N. Not Ethan Allen. Yeah. Ethan Friedman. Um, and, okay, cool. And, okay, so we got this out of the way. Also, before we go. Yes. We are, like we mentioned at the beginning, sponsored by Masa Israel Journey. Check them out, masaisrael.org slash T-W-O, nice Jewish boys, masaisrael.org slash two nice Jewish boys. For great opportunities in Israel, check them out. Also, forward.com. Yes. The forward. The forward is a great source of news and an opinion all through a Jewish lens. You got to check them out. Yes, uh, we're there. Yes, and they have newsletters and highly recommended content. Also, forward.com slash 2NJB. Yes. Uh, also, uh, I'll, yeah. Wait. Wait we're, we're we're not even, we haven't even started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Arutz Sheva. Arutz Sheva. IsraelNationalNews.com. Yes. Check them out. IsraelNationalNews.com. And last but not least, the Australian Jewish News. Because oh. we're global, just like the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Check them out for the Australian angle for Jewish news. And we accept donations, so please help us out. Go to twinjubi.com slash donate. And that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye.